Welcome to In The Money, the premier hockey betting podcast. This is JD, and I'm going to run you through our NHL picks for the day. I did, who knew I was kind of the guy to get three on the text if you're trying to get high. Cop chase ain't once, but some on the side. Roll up like one, three blunts for the ride. Never dolo, kid, no stress, always got one. Pre-team married now, I see the shot. Looking for the kid, block out, so I'm not one. Fresh out of class with a dash from the cop. Front with a smile on the lumbar, all achy. Yes, she knew I was a legend in the making. Stuck around cause the boy lit and he cake. Small town, big head, Ricky gon' make it. They say I'm gonna get caught. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information and opinions are derived from individuals and are not to be taken as a guarantee. We here at In The Money provide you with content, not a guarantee of performance. We are not liable for any bets or action you take as a result of this podcast. All right, and we are back. So we've now missed a couple days. Let's go ahead and recap what happened. Um, Sunday and Monday did not see a lot of NHL action, but we saw some really great NHL action. And I'd like to start on Sunday with one of the best games so far of the year. And a statement win from the Carolina Hurricanes, 4-3 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, this was an incredible game, in my opinion, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Not only because they beat the Lightning, but just the way that it happened. It seemed like they really dominated play. They outshot the Lightning 44-13. to And I believe in the last couple periods, the Lightning had like less than five shots, which was crazy to watch. Um, you have to give this... Carolina team, a lot of credit so far. They beat a tough Montreal team in overtime. They beat, well, in the shootout, but they beat a, a even tougher Capitals team in overtime. And now they beat possibly the best team in the league in overtime. Um, and they did it impressively. In, in all three games, I think they carried the majority of the play. Uh, I think the Capitals game was probably the most even of the three games, but in all the games, I thought Carolina at least carried a, a good amount, at least a fair amount of the play. So, what this team's doing right now is pretty incredible. You know, Dzingel has been a good add for them. Obviously, Aho, Svechnikov. I mean, Svechnikov had two assists against the Lightning. Um, obviously, those guys have been really, really good. And, and Eric Halla was has been a great pickup from. Uh, Vegas but it's honestly it's some of these depth guys like Netchass and uh, Walmart Martinook McGinn you know these are the guys that have been really really making this team really making this team go um, and if they can continue to get good depth from guys like that leadership that they get from Stahl you know the physicality they can get from Fogel their back end is so strong. Like Dougie Hamilton is just unbelievable with his ability to control the play from defense to offense. You know, Brett Pesci, Jake Gardner, Jacob Slavin, Joel Edmondson, Hayden Flurry. It's just it's a really good group. It's a really good group of six. And when Mrazek only has to face 13 shots, it's a light, it's a light evening of work. Um, as for Tampa Bay, they, you know, they came off back to back where they kind of expended a lot of energy playing Florida 
trying to come back with Bobrovsky in that. So you can understand a little bit of a letdown on the road here. Um, but they were up 3-1 in this game, and uh, they weren't really able to generate any chances to make it 4-1. And that's really where the game went, went awry for them because Tampa, for as good as they are, they, they can't be a team that just sits back and tries to protect the lead all the time. They cannot do that. Their best, and we've seen it in the past regular season, when they take that 3-1 lead and they make it 5-1, they just they put you out of the game so quick. Um, so for me, that's one thing to look forward to for Tampa Bay, but uh, I'm not even a little bit worried about them. They're still going to be one of the top teams in the league this year, especially in the regular season. All right, let's move on to one of the other games from that night. Let's move on to Dallas versus Detroit. And here's a game for me that was super interesting because one of the guys I wanted to watch coming into this season was Anthony Mantha because of uh, the way he played at the World Championships. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit, but sometimes those World Championships can be a little bit misleading because you you get guys who play well, but they're not, like it doesn't always translate because, you know, guys aren't really trying their hardest. I don't want to say they're not trying their hardest, but there's a different level of intensity between that world championship mentality and then you come back to the NHL start the season. So, you know, especially when you get a guy on these talented a Canadian team or an American team or even a Swedish or Russian team. Sometimes these these guys can really excel, but it doesn't always translate. But for Mantha, it's, it seems to really be translating. He had a hat trick against the Dallas Stars on Thursday. And right away, I look at the penalty minutes in this game, and you see Dallas was 16-2. to I mean, 16-4. So you can't give your opponent that many power plays and... Uh, Mantha had only one of his goals on the power play, but still, that's when when so many team gets so many power plays, it really disrupts the rhythm and the flow of you being able to roll your lines. And so for me, that's something that I would be scared of. Um, you know, Mantha had four goals in this game. Uh, and he and he's he's just really good. There's not really much else to be said about it. He he looks like a player that is kind of developing as maybe the face of this franchise for Detroit. Um, and you know everybody thought it was going to kind of be Dylan Larkin, but it might end up being Anthony Mantha that's the star player here. Uh, as for Dallas, you know Dallas actually played a solid road game. They got up two zero. Rupe Hintz has been really really good for them. Tyler Sagan had a beauty of a goal. He kind of chipped it around the guy, and he, he did a Tyler Sagan thing, scored a beauty. Um, so, the, you know, they were right there in it, and uh, they tied it at 3-3, and Mantha scored with, you know, less than a minute left to win the game. Um, not really much you can do about that. Uh, it's just... You know, for Dallas, it's just about continuing to play, moving your feet. And they're they're a big team, and if they get caught puck watching, they're a team that can have trouble. 
and that's when they start taking the penalties. If I read you the penalties right here, it's hooking, interference, tripping, hooking, too many many ice, tripping, and then interference on a goaltender. So you see right there, there's two hookings and two trippings, and both of those is just they weren't moving their feet. And the interference, whatever, but you you got to be moving your feet if you're if you're Dallas because if Dallas gets caught puck watching and they start using their sticks and then go down on the penalty kill that's one thing that can really you know take away from this team all right let's move on to the last game from Sunday night which was the Islanders versus the Jets um and the Islanders played a pretty classic trots game they won 4-1 they really kept the Jets chances down to a minimum um, the Jets seem stifled and unable to get any kind of flow or rhythm in the game. And, you know, again, that's just Barry Trotz doing what he does. Um, for the Islanders, they did score four goals. And I'm very encouraged by this because none of them came from Barzell. Well, Barzell and, and assisted on the Anders legal. Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson kind of drove the play earlier for them. And that's something I spotlighted is, is if... Barzell doesn't make the offense where to come from. Brock Nelson and Bailey immediately answered with a couple goals in this game. Um, so for me, that's something that's very encouraging because I need this team to score without him having to be the one, without Barzell having to be the one to do it all. So um, that was encouraging. They played really, really well. Um, on the flip side for Winnipeg, uh, Brassois seems like he's been playing better than Hellebuck, so that'll be interesting if we can continue to see that. And finally, a last note for Winnipeg here, something that is very encouraging, is Line gets his first goal of the season, so that's exciting for them. Uh, maybe Line can get hot, and with Wheeler playing as well as he has been, Shifley playing so well to start the season, you know, maybe when this team goes back home, they can get a little bit energized, their defense will settle down a little bit, and they can start winning some games, even if they have to do it 5-3, if they have a guy like Lionel scoring some goals. So that's something to look forward to if you're a Winnipeg fan. But otherwise than that, the losing of the defenseman is, is a tough situation. All right. So Monday night comes around, and there's only two games. And we'll start with the less interesting of the two, which... I thought it was Columbus and the Buffalo Sabres. Now, the Buffalo has been hot to start the season, and Columbus has been the exact opposite. So you'd expect that, you know, Columbus coming out at home might really try and make a statement. And that's exactly what they did. They came out and they scored a couple goals. They went up 2-0 in the first period. Um, they played very physical, and... You know they had they outshot Buffalo fourteen to six in that first period. They outshot Buffalo in every single period because they really drove the play in this game. Um, I'm a little bit encouraged from Buffalo's point of view that they didn't just roll over like they might have in previous years, but they also looked a little bit like they couldn't really handle the forecheck of the Blue Jackets. So. Um, for me, again, the the problem here for Buffalo is that they're really not deep on defense. And outside of Dalene, outside of Ristolainen, and uh, maybe Jogi Haru, it, it's it's thin back there. It's very very thin back there. And even Jogi Haru is a young guy, so you can't really rely on him too much. Um, 
As for Columbus, you know, when they can move their feet and get on the floor track, they're an intimidating team. In both their first games, I saw that against Toronto and Pittsburgh. So, um, for this team, when, when they can do that and they can be effective doing that, they can be really good. They just lack a little bit of goal scoring and a little bit of goaltending because of the players they lost, Panarin and Brovsky. So, I mean, not to mention Duchesne, Duzingle. So, uh, you know, this team, they're never going to be a fun team to play against. That's just not the way Torts likes to set up. And so this is, for me, just a team to watch because if they play somebody and that team has a back-to-back the next night, that team's going to be feeling it the next night. So that might be a good betting target for us. All right, now on to another game that you could spotlight as one of the most interesting games in this early season, and that is the Blues coming into Toronto and playing the Maple Leafs. This is a 3-2 game for the Blues. They won it in the third period, but it was back and forth, back and forth, and it was highly, highly entertaining. Um... Willie Nylander scored a beautiful goal in the second period to put Toronto up 2-1. And then just as Toronto did against Montreal, they just could not hold on to the game. I think at that point, Toronto was leading in shots on goal by like 8 or 9, maybe even 10 at that point. And St. Louis just grinded away at them just grinded away at them and ended up scoring a game winner from their captain, Alex Petrangelo, on a, on a beautiful goal where they kind of worked the puck all around the Leafs zone. But, the, you know, that's kind of been the thing for the Leafs. Once, once it got back to uh, them being down, they actually got better again. And, and the Blues are too good of a team to do that against. They're too experienced. The Blues, by the way, are rolling just like they were last year at the end of the season. Not not just the, the playoffs, but the end of the regular season, the way they were just dominant with Bennington being great in net. And that defense, you know, they're really keeping a lot of stuff to the outside. Um, but even when they got inside, Bennington was there to make, make the saves. And for Toronto, it's just like, once they get ahead and the other team starts to get their feet moving and starts to really attack their defense, they get in a lot of trouble. Um, Frederick Anderson gave up pretty soft one to start the game, but he was pretty good after that. And their defense just cannot hold up. And, uh, you know, I don't know where it's going to come from because they have no money left. They don't even have money left to bring Hyman back onto the team. So I don't know how they're going to be able to improve. They already have the kid Rasmus Sundin in there, and, and he can't really make a difference yet. I just... I. For me, this is something that Toronto is going to have to worry about all season because they have to win games 5-4. They have to win games 6-5. They're not going to win the 3-2, 2-1 games because their their defense and goaltending, there isn't a good enough relationship there of one is elite and the other is average. Freddie Anderson is an above-average goaltender, and that defense is really below average, and they make him look worse than he is. And that's, you know... It's just tough. Um, the Blues did a really good job of not taking penalties in this game. 
Toronto only had two power plays. And if you want to beat Toronto, that's the way to do it, not the way Montreal went about it, taking a ton of penalties and having to win 6-5. You don't want to have to get in a, in a shootout, not the actual shootout, but a theoretical shootout against Toronto. Um, we just need to see more. We need to see more from this defense. Um, I'm still worried about it. And there's not really much else to say. You know, Tyson Berry was a minus two on the night, and he's a guy who that's going to happen to him. He's going to look really good at times, and then some nights he's going to be a liability back there. But the issue is that for this team, they have guys like that across the board. Muzzin can be a liability at times. Sandine is a rookie. And Hall, like, he's whatever. Man, I'm I'm not going to be like a... Justin Hall, he's going to be the guy he's got. He played 12 minutes. Like That's all he can give you. And he had two shot on goals. Like, he's... In the playoffs, that guy might not see the ice. I mean, they hope that they have Travis Dermott back. But again, they can't even fit Travis Dermott in there. This team has a lot of issues right now. A lot more issues than I expect them to have early in the season. All right, let's check out the slate here on Tuesday night. Tuesday night looks like a pretty good slate. We've got the impressive Carolina Hurricanes going in to face off against Florida and the Flying Bobrovskis. Then we've got Edmonton coming all the way east to play on the island. Then we've got Winnipeg going into Pittsburgh. Winnipeg continuing their Eastern Conference tour. Uh, Dallas going to play the Washington Capitals. Anaheim coming east, well, kind of east, to play Detroit. San Jose coming east, well, Midwest, to play Nashville. And then in the nightcaps, we have the LA Kings going into Calgary. They're continuing their Western Canadian tour. And Boston playing Vegas. Now, that's going to be the game of the night right there, folks. All right, let's get down to it. Let's do some betting, baby. We're back. All right. Winnipeg is going into Pittsburgh, and uh, for Pittsburgh, we want to give a shout-out again to Malkin. He's going to be out for the next couple weeks, and that's a tough one. That's a tough one, Um, not only for them, but just for the watchability of Pittsburgh because I love Pittsburgh. They're fun. For the past decade, they've been a fun team to watch because of Sid and Gino. So uh, without him there, it's a little sad. But in this game, this is one where I I love the over here. This is two teams that can score and it's two teams that I think are, you know, pretty shaky on the back end. Uh outside of Latang, the you know, Pittsburgh Blue Line, good Branson, maybe they they're a little bit shaky. And Winnipeg we know they're shaky, so the over under reflects that at six and a half. It's a high over under. It's a high over under. But I like it. I like the over here. I think there's lots of goals in this game. All right. Next, we have the Dallas Stars playing the Washington Capitals. Um, here's one where, again, I like the over. The over is lower here. It's at five and a half. I'm actually getting plus odds at plus 115 on the over here. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and lock that in. And I don't think it's going to be much over. Uh, five and a half, but I think they'll get there. Uh, at least I'm hoping. All right. Another game I like tonight is I actually like Detroit. I don't know why I'm. I don't even know how I can say that. Anaheim's been playing really well this season, 
but uh, I've been even more impressed by Detroit. And so I want to see if they can continue to go for it. So I'm actually going to bet Detroit wins straight up on the money line at minus 115. Then, because of how they've been playing, I'm going to have to go in ahead and say that the Sharks are going to lose. So I'm going to add the Nashville Predators to the Calgary Flames, and I'm going to parlay that. I think the Calgary Flames can take care of business at home against the Los Angeles Kings. And the Nashville Predators should be able to beat the reeling San Jose Sharks. Um, Maybe Vander Kane comes back and makes a difference, but we'll find out tonight. As for the last game of the night, that Boston-Vegas game, I'm not going to bet on this game because those two teams are very good and it's early in the season. And so I don't want to... I just don't know which way I feel like this game's going to go. If I had to guess, I would lean towards Vegas because they're at home. But... Uh, it'd be tough to bet against either of these teams to start the season. So I'm going to sit back and wait on those two and probably just watch what's going to be a very enjoyable game. So that's it for today. Let's go win some money.